Welcome to St. Alphonsus Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the St. Alphonsus Wellcast. This is Kim Cleveland, Family Nurse Practitioner with St. Alphonsus Department of Corporate Health and Wellbeing. And today we have our distinguished guest, Dr. Abhilash Desai, geriatric psychiatrist with the St. Alphonsus Memory Center. Hi, Dr. Desai. Hi, Kim. Delighted to be here. Yeah, today's a really exciting topic, ageism and brain health. Yes. Can I get started? Let's get started. All right. So we'll start with the myths about aging. So number one, you know, aging is only loss and decline. Number two, nothing can be done about it. Number three, older people are lonely and depressed. Number four, about, quote, greedy geezer and, of course, drain on society used by politicians. Oh, yeah. I know, painful. And number five, that aging is, you know, just a tragedy. Yeah. All these are myths. Yeah, let's start one by one and kind of go through and, and see what you have to say about them. All right. So a lot of great, high-quality research has come out to show, number one, that actually, on average, older people are happier. So if you take 100 people who are from 20 to 30 and 100 people from, say, 70 to 80, mm-hmm. way more people, <laughs> 70 to 80, are happier than mm-hmm. every younger cohort. And this is despite all the changes they have experienced with aging mm-hmm. and, and everything that involves. So there you go. You know, uh, they remember positive events better than negative events. So mm-hmm. when the younger people are exposed to, say, 10 negative and 10 positive events, and yeah. they ask to remember, they will probably remember all 10 and 10. Uh, but equally, whereas the, the older adults will remember the positive events more vividly better. So maybe that's the reason they're happier. You know? Yeah, why do you attribute that to? Well, I, I, I think it is part of growing up and encountering so many previous events that they realize were not as negative as they initially thought. Yeah. That all that accumulated wisdom has altered their brain's capacity to give importance to events. Does that make sense? And maybe perspective. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So they now have a thirty thousand foot view. They have better perspective of all these events, and so the brain automatically changes the level of importance. You know, I do see that in um, patients and then as well in just family members. You know, my own father is in his 70s now. And and talking to him, when I experience something as stressful, you know, maybe he was typically a pretty stressed out guy. But his perspective on things now, I see how he doesn't really, he says, don't sweat the small stuff. There you go. You know, maybe that perspective over time sort of changes. Exactly, exactly. And that happened to me too, in the sense that I'm in my 50s and I'm less neurotic than I was in my 30s. Yeah. I don't overreact as much. Yeah, for sure. There's there's more perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They experience uh, negative emotions less often than younger people. So if you ask younger people to track positive and negative emotions, uh-huh. you know, and they've, they've, in the research, they have like 16 emotions, you know, anger, resentment, joy, happiness, calm. And then you ask them, you know, how many negative emotions you experience, how many positive. The older uh, individuals will report 
experiencing more positive emotions in the last 24 hours, in the last seven days. So all this is very different view of older adults that we need to realize, you know. Yeah, you know, I wonder too, I mean, is that independent of stressors or is it related to the type of stressors? Yeah, obviously, you know, if certain individuals, if they have had a very difficult childhood, if life has been unfair more than usual, and they are experiencing, say, dementia or caregivers, that's a different story. Uh-huh. But as a group, as an entire population, yeah. older adults are happier and all those other positive things I mentioned. Interesting. And there's more. Okay. They're more agreeable, tolerant, and understanding and conscientious. Who wrote the study? So, <laughs> I know, right? So again, this, 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 so even when, when actually this came out for the first time, yeah. People actually were convinced that all the results were wrong. There was some error. Right. And that, and that was my first right, right, impression right. as well. Who, who study is this? Yeah. Which planet is this from? Right, right. right. And, and so they said, all right, you know what? We want to do a different study to test all these things that we think are biased. Mm-hmm. Even then, the new studies keep confirming all those things. And by the way, if you want to have a longer uh, listening to this topic, uh, there's another podcast, Hidden Brain Podcast by yes. Shankar Vedantam. Yeah. And the topic is The Best Years of Your Life by Dr. Laura Karstensen. Okay. She's a psychologist at Stanford University. Uh-huh. She has done these studies, all right? So I'm just a messenger. Yeah. I haven't done any of yeah, these studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this is real. So, you know, lifestyle matters. So when we say nothing can be done about it, that's not true. Right. At any age, we can change the way we think, we act in terms of exercise, nutrition, learn optimism. We can train ourselves. So obviously, I'm not going to radically alter my personality, but right. I can be 10, 20% in that positive direction. What does this look like? What does training optimism look like on a daily basis for anybody? So, so again, it, so step one would be to just become aware when we have negative thoughts that we are yeah. having negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Step two would be to try and match it, whether those negative thoughts are in proportion to the events or maybe, you know, we might be thinking it's way more negative than positive. Right. Number three, it's good to remind ourselves, and again, as you age, it's easier, that a lot of these things are not permanent. Right. They're temporary. You know, yeah. If you're having severe pain, it's not going to last for like the next year. You know, it might mm-hmm. go away soon. So those things you have to keep recognizing and correcting and telling yourself, and that's all part of learned optimism. Again, you know, when, you, when you're constantly looking at news and negative news, right? then you're giving the brain very biased information. So you have to be more intentional in looking for positive news, looking for good news, and making that as a part of your routine. So sort of training your brain in the way of thinking optimistically eventually can lead to more automatic thoughts exactly. that are more optimistic. Yeah. And again, these are, you know, we, not, we need to also be aware of optimism bias where like, let's say if I have a chest pain, I'll say, oh, no, you know, it's just stress, whether it could be cardiac, right? Right. So, but what has happened is, especially since COVID, is that we are all so fragile that it's mm-hmm. very easy for us to go into the doom and gloom right. zone, you know? Right. 
So we have to like protect ourselves and help each other because and if if people around you are doom and gloom, I would say yes. limit your exposure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and again, old people are better at it because they realize that that the time is limited. That yes. you know, young people think that you know they live forever, so it's hard. Right. You know? right definitely. <laughs> and so they constantly think of the future, whereas old people are more likely to say, you know what, I'm going to live in the present. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. You know, my father-in-law has this really great anecdote where he has a patient, you know, he's, he works in the ICU, but he had a patient who, when my husband was very young, he said to the patient, how long has this symptom been going on for? And the patient said a really long time. And, and my father-in-law said to my son, a really long time is five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's all relative in terms of the scope of duration of life and and you know yeah. significance too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen that in youngsters, right? Yeah. Like relationship and this is the end. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. The next one is neuroticism, emotional instability decreases and emotional regulation improves. Now this would happen spontaneously as we age, but we can accelerate that. We can accelerate the benefits by being aware that we have this capacity to improve our emotional regulation and dwell less in the negatives, what I call wisping, like uh-huh. wallowing in self-pity. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. But yeah. I say that take out your timer and decide like 10 minutes of wisping and then okay. your, your, your daily quota is done. That's a really interesting interesting way to approach it, you know, yeah. just to give yourself permission, but yeah. a limit and, and right. permission to move forward, right? right. Yeah. Right, right. Or you can... And also a reminder that if you don't do it, you'll get lost in that rabbit hole. Exactly. There's no end to whispering. Right, right. All right. Higher life satisfaction than well-being. So if you ask older people, there'll be more older people saying they're satisfied with life and their own well-being. Remember, despite hypertension, arthritis, and all these other changes. So that's the paradox, right? Like Expectations versus reality, maybe, maybe a little bit, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you actually look for mental health disorders like major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, substance use disorder, addictions, you will see the prevalence less. Now, again, you know, when when we think, we always think of, you know, people uh, uh, with all kinds of health problems. They're always depressed, anxious. But again, the majority of the older adults have less mental health disorders than younger people. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. So again, we, we underestimate the value of experience and growth and maturity and wisdom. So what do you see anecdotally with patients when they have a history per chance of, you know, maybe in their 30s or 40s of major depression or anxiety? Yeah. As they're aging, are those things dissipating or do those things seem to prevail throughout their older age? So, so remember, the people I see might be a distorted version because they come to me. Right. So that's a biased sample. Right. But I use this information to remind them that if if they think that they cannot radically alter their own physical health, emotional health, and spiritual well-being, mm-hmm. then they can. I remind them of their successes that because of their depression and anxiety, they can't access. I have family members, spouses, who will say, Doc, that's not true. He, what he's saying, he's just in a spunk, but he has done all these positive things. Right. So, yeah, and that helps different. them get out of it faster. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, sort of pushing that growth mindset even exactly, throughout age. Exactly. Yeah. They also, so you know, the drain in the society, right? Not true. They have they so do harsh. more volunteering. <laughs> they do more volunteering. They are caregivers, so they they it's all non-paid. So you're talking about billions and billions of dollars. They do babysitting for free. Yeah. And wisdom. Right. So they actually are giving back way more than we realize or they realize. Right. And honestly, sometimes I feel, I'm from India, so, you know. It's a different perspective. Right. Western I feel Eastern. that we are actually, we should be going to them to help us out. Right. Or, or help our society out. Right. Anyway. I think that's very American in terms of oh, oh, Western, right? Western, like sort of putting people out to pasture, right. not including right. them once right. they reach a certain point in their life. And it seems to do a disservice Correct. to both the individual as well as the, the other individuals in society. Correct. Correct. Yeah. No, I, I want to balance that, that we want to be future-oriented because we want a better future. Right. So I don't want to throw that out. Right. But we also want to respect and value older adults and, in fact, realize that they can really help us out, you know? Definitely. All right. A couple of more. There are studies to show that if you believe these negative stereotypes, oh, I have memory problems, so that's just aging, you're more likely to score less in objective cognitive assessments and less likely to engage in all these lifestyle modifications that we talked about in our previous podcast that can actually improve your brain health and well-being. Right. So, so these negative stereotypes are preventing you from being proactive, mm -hmm. having growth mindset, and sort of taking the bull by the horn. Right, you know? right. Doing what you can with what you have. Exactly. And I mentioned, you know, because of the time thing, they are more in the present. And that factor, this mindfulness, we know can help with our mental health. And now, actually, even younger people are getting into mindfulness and meditation and yoga and mm -hmm. sort of taking time. Right. But again, if you have limited time, <laughs> you value what you have dramatically more. Definitely, right? yeah. And the last, they have better... TOM, so theory of mind networks, which means a capacity to see other person's perspective. And they're, they're better at central coherence, which means they can zoom out and have a 30,000 foot view and not get lost in the third leaf on the fifth branch of this tree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, those are really all important skills that, you know, we all hope to develop as we age, right, for right. sure. And, and right. going through these myths about the population of older adults and what that looks like in America and beyond and, and challenging those so we can have a more um, coherent, cohesive view of, of everyone's role in society and, and how we can all help each other right. as we all go through this journey of life together is just so important. Right, right. Absolutely. All right. So biggest takeaways for this for this podcast, what are the, the main three things you want everyone to take let's, away from let's this? Let's be aware of all the benefits that come with aging. And let's be proactive in appreciating that and harnessing it to help ourselves and our loved ones and the larger community. Beautiful. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for discussing ageism and brain health with us today. We look forward to having you on again as we continue our brain health series with the St. Alphonsus Brain Health Program Memory Center. 
All right. Well, we will see you next time and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of St. Alphonsus Wellcast, brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing and the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Always be sure to catch new episodes by subscribing to us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. We hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be well.